West Coast meets East Coast once again, but this time the West Coast prevailed. Dodgers are our World Series champions, not the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, title town is Los Angeles, not Tampa Bay, and definitely not New York. Welcome back, the Schlatter brothers. Sorry, I had to get a dig in there at the beginning. Welcome back, Robert Richmond Schlatter. We're doing a, a World Series wrap-up pod. Thanks for coming on again, guys. Always a pleasure being on, my friend. Always good to see you guys. Good to be back. You know, Four Trains collaboration. And, of course, my co-host, Julio Renoso. You know, Chris, uh, right before the football season, I can't remember which one of you I texted, but I'm like, if you guys draft Alvin Kamara, you've got to name your team the Schlatter Day Saints. That was Schlatter Robbie. Day Saints? I think that was Robbie, yeah. I think it was Robbie. Did, he, did you do it? I don't no. have Kamara. I don't have him. I could have taken him, but I took uh, Derrick Henry instead. But that, That's both not bad. Both are pretty solid decisions. Yeah. And you know what? That's all we got for the next two-plus months until NBA starts up again. Well, it's looking like NBA is starting up in December, Um, so that's a good sign. Um, But back to baseball. Yeah. (laughs) So the the Dodgers have won uh, the World Series in six games. Um, I mean, there's two two competitive, like – Tampa Bay Rays games. I mean, all, every single game kind of came close, but it felt like the Dodgers definitely their star power was overwhelming. But that wasn't even the biggest story of the World Series. At the in the middle of the game, Justin Turner gets taken out. What is it? The eighth inning that he get taken out? Seventh well, or eighth? I think it was seventh or eighth gets taken out of the yeah. game. No one really knows why, and he has that bat coming in the following inning. Um, he leaves the dugout. Everybody's kind of silent. Broadcasters, Joe Buck's trying to find out what exactly is going on. He's talking about it. No one really knows. Turns out, after the celebration of the World Series championship, handing off of the trophy, um, news breaks that he tested positive for COVID-19, and the test results did not come back until the middle of the game. That is why he was taken out. Predicted correctly. On top of that, that is true. On top of that, when the Dodgers are out on the field in Arlington celebrating the World Series win, they decide to take a team photo and out moseys out Justin Turner, the guy who just tested positive for COVID-19, and he is not wearing a mask. He sits down in the middle of the picture with no mask on, hugs Dave Roberts, former or uh, a recent cancer survivor, hugs Jock Peterson, who has a six-month-old um, at home that he has to take care of, completely careless, completely just irresponsible sports talk media is going nuts right now the past three days about this so it only makes sense that we start off right here um i don't even know what to make of it fellas it it just feels like the most the craziest scenario and it's it's like you know the dodgers won their first world series in 30 years but this is like the overwhelming story that everybody's talking about because it's just like i don't know i mean it's just so reckless i feel like i don't know what do you what do you guys think I agree with you, Chris. I think Turner, Justin Turner definitely looks bad in this situation, but I think yeah. Major League <coughs> Baseball looks even worse um, because, you know, you have this whole bubble formula set up so stuff like this doesn't happen. Now, granted, it was on the last day of the season, but Major League Baseball had this strict COVID protocol implemented for this specific, for this playoffs. And... How could you not have, like, they they knew he tested positive. How could those employees of Major League Baseball let Turner back on the field? 
That, it just didn't make sense to me what Major League Baseball did. It I mean, our awful. group chat kind of blew up the second get, we saw it. I know we are all texting. You're like, what the? F- are are we yeah. are we all seeing this right now? Like, well, it sounded like what. So what ended yeah, up happening was the first test was inconclusive. So instead of just doing the kind of smart thing, and, and that was the test that was the day before. Right? Yeah, instead of just being like, hey, keep on the safe side, sit him out, isolate see what happens kind of thing they didn't do that <laughs> they just told them straight up and go and that's the thing about the dodgers yeah. is like like jt's uh like the, he was kind of like the fan favorite for a lot of people uh he wasn't doing a ton during the series and they have so much star power on that bench where you could easily be like all right cool you're not playing today we can throw in you know kike came in in the third or came in and played third why didn't you do that like what and it's not really a bubble they keep saying because they a don't bubble. care, it's a Julio. Bubble. They it's don't care. They want it. They wanted to win. It's not it, a bubble. It, like, yeah, I agree with it. You had other people outside of the team who were staying in the hotels. You had fans. What? What was it like? The eleven thousand. Like, even though the everyone's pretty spread apart, every time they would show in the crowd, nobody's wearing masks, and I think it was. Uh, one of the John Boy dudes or somebody else who was at the game was saying, like, in the concourse, everybody was being pretty responsible wearing that. But, like, during the game, you see the crowd and nobody's wearing masks, man. Nobody's doing any of that. So, like, what do we expect was going to happen? To be fair, I think all five of the six games were done outdoors. They, they opened up the roof. I don't, I mean, just for, you know, to be fair. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I forgot who it was or which – Someone hit a home run and like the camera was on the guy who caught the home run and he's got like three or four people sitting behind him and like a couple people around him and he, he <laughs> made a nice catch catching the ball, but he's passing the ball around. <laughs> I'm just like, did I he mean, really? You're kidding yeah. Me. He's like, he, I swear to God. Hey, he let me take this out of my hand that I probably breathed on all game. And let me hand him. it to you so that you can get infected. And then yeah. you can hand it to this person. And you can yeah. hand it to that person. Yeah. I mean, some people just don't care, which is very unfortunate. But I, uh, it, was, it was wild. As a, as a, as like not a, not a devil's advocate, but I, I blame more so on major league baseball completely in this situation because just like Julio said that they got the inconclusive test right there, then and there you say, you're going to have to say something and report it and immediately there. But instead of truly what they should have done and cover their ass and just done it there, they're like, Oh, you know, we, we had it beforehand, but we still let them out. So that makes it look even worse. Yeah, and and I'm, I know Justin Turner's been on that team for a long time, and I've talked to some of my other baseball friends and kind of told them, and I, the COVID stuff completely serious, and I understand people's concern of him going out and hugging teammates and everything, but that's why I blame it more so on Major League Baseball to kind of put their foot down and say you can't go out there, you can't do this. But from Justin Turner's perspective, this guy has been waiting for three year, three championships to finally get and win the win the ring. So, I, in the heat of the moment and the the adrenaline running, I can understand why he was willing to go out there and do it because you're not thinking that you're thinking how you were with your brothers the whole time and you wanted to win this and you achieve this goal finally. But that's why I'm kind of saying on his end, yes, he should have been more conscious of it. 
but also I think it's more so Major League Baseball's job of they're the ones that are putting out these restrictions and the whole bubble format of oh we're putting them in a bubble for the playoffs was complete bullshit that wasn't real that the the fans and everything that just was seemed it was it was really kind of yeah we're doing it we're socially distancing we're being very responsible no you're not that every the, it's a bubble I think Jack, I said it on your guys podcast last time Jack Flaherty tweeted something out about it being and he actually came out um, yesterday and talked about or the day that they won and he and he said this is what I was talking about this is what I was saying you put them in a bubble like that that it's something's bound to happen and that's why I made my bold prediction of saying you know it's bound to happen at some point in the playoffs and it just so happened to be in the most important game of the series like which is crazy to me but Turner is you know he should have been more responsible but I could kind of see why it was like I'm gonna go out there and celebrate with my teammates I don't know if you guys could also see that but you know Look, I, I get that, and, and yeah, no shit. Like, baseball is definitely 100% to blame. They fucked up by letting him play with the with – the, um, whether it was a positive test or whether or whether it was inconclusive. Yeah. Like, that was stupid. Um, and, two, they fucked up by waiting until the middle of the game to get the results back. Like, why is Ridiculous. it taking that long? I can, go, I can go to Westwood right now and get a 15-minute rapid test, but it takes you half a fucking day to get the results. Like, how, how is this possible? Like, you can Insane. set up, a, especially if it's in a bubble, why can't you set up a testing facility in a lab inside the stadium? That's 100% doable in today's, today's world. You don't have to ship it up to Utah like they've been doing all season. But... The, and I I get all that. My I've been you know he's been on the Dodgers for a long time. He's been through the dog days. He was there kind of their star like five years ago when that team was first getting developed. It was like him and Kershaw. He was like in you know he had like this like three forty batting average and shit like that. He was like this insane player. He's like thirty five years old now. He's a big member of that team. He's very uh, polarizing with his beard and whatnot. Polarizing is probably not a good word, but like popular I guess amongst Dodger fans. And he, yeah, you know, he's been waiting a long time and he wants to celebrate his teammates. But still, like, the situations have changed, fellas. Like, the world is not what it was a year ago. Yeah. So, because of that, you need to really, like, think about the actions that you choose to make and how they affect other people. And he had no remorse he had he was completely selfish in this i get it that his you know his manager even dave roberts was like egging him on like no come on justin we need you out here but there's no excuse for that behavior it's it is completely irresponsible and and like i i i'm sorry i have to give most of the blame to turner because you are a grown man and you make these decisions and why are we and also the second point or the third point why are we expecting more from Major League Baseball? They've done nothing but been stupid and irresponsible with this, with everything handling of COVID and everything handling of this season, and just in general the way that they function as a professional sports league. Why? Sh- why are we holding them to a higher standard? They should be. They they do nothing but make stupid decisions. Like, like I, I, think- I I just I, I we we I almost like expect this. I wasn't surprised that this was the way. That they handled the situation. When I it think came out. baseball just looks bad in this particular situation because they are the business who decided <laughs> to make that call on the bubble. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying. We've we saw everything that happened leading up to the 60 game season, the clash between the players' association and owners. I get that, but Major League Baseball was still the enforcer of these rules. They're the ones who, like, yeah, I get it. Turner's done with the Dodgers. He should have had more self-awareness. 
And he was, you know, he said, you're, I mean, is a bouncer, you know, maybe not all the time, but is a bouncer going to look at, you know, an underage kid, you know, and say, you know, it's, it's his job to protect the bar from that liability. Mm -hmm. Justin Turner was a liability having the coronavirus. It's Major League Baseball's job to enforce the rules and say, get your ass out of here. You need to quarantine. Mm -hmm. But But that's that's the... Oh, sorry. We're going to finish up. No, no, no. But I... You know, yeah. Justin Turner is a grown man. He should have had the awareness to say, gee, you know, I shouldn't go on the field. But again, I just... With Major League Baseball, they fake bubble or not they are the ones who made the rules and enforced the rules and they should have followed through on it and they didn't yeah that's what yeah I, oh, oh i was gonna say um it's it's weird that like it's we have this whole bubble situation again it wasn't an actual bubble and and they'll be actually said that like oh we tried to stop them what did you do to stop them what did you actually do? It, I posted a GIF on the uh, our Twitter account where it's like that one security guy who just does like the hands over the body and then just lets people through kind of thing. Because that's what it seemed like. It's like, I'm going through. I'm like, okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. And But at the same time, if this guy was in a dugout with them the whole game and was probably practicing and the game, the game, the, uh, game the day before and was practicing, he's been around the team. It, so the players... If they had at that point, they probably would have gotten it, unfortunately. But it's more so the family members. I think we should be a little more concerned about you. Rich or Robbie, one of you bringing up Jock with a six-month-old. I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kike's wife is also pregnant. And mm-hmm. there's also stories coming out. We haven't we haven't heard anything, but there was also a story that a unidentified race player had tested positive along with their wife. And now they're trying to spin it to say, like, she would got it from her or something like that. Uh, it's 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 embarrassing. It's like this. We shouldn't have to have these kind of conversations. We shouldn't be leading off what was otherwise a pretty solid World Series as a whole. I it was think. a fun World Series yeah. to watch. Uh, yeah, we should be talking majority about that in this episode right now. But unfortunately, uh, baseball to do their job. And guess who got the whole like brunt of it? Rob Manfred, when he got booed to oblivion. And let me tell you, that ruled. That, that was let me, let me so t- satisfying to watch. Yeah. He he definitely was shaking in his boots when he heard those boos. I mean, <laughs> I, I've never heard. He started off fine, but then when he heard. I give Goodell credit, man. He, like, goes up there and embraces mm-hmm. it when he gets booed. Manfred, you could just hear in his voice that he just. He didn't want any part of the criticism. He wanted. He looks like kind of an antisocial guy in general, too. So yeah. that probably makes it a little bit worse. But um, have you ever heard him speak? He sounded like he was drunk or just yeah. having like some. <coughs> I don't know some. I don't know speech disorder. It was even weird. when. He, I, but I think part of it had to be knowing that that the Turner situation was going on and knowing that that was going to get out somehow. And the criticism that he was going to get on top of him being booed in front of all the fans. Like, I think it was a combination of all those things. Yeah. Just so much anxiety. Um, but, like, even when he was on Sunday Night Baseball at the beginning of the season and Carl Ravitch was grilling him for not getting the, the deal done, like, he didn't even look that nervous. It was kind of crazy. 
Well, it was also came out, I guess he was saying he had audio issues, that there was some sort of a connection, <laughs> which is like, it reminded I can, me. I can kind of. I can buy read that. lips pretty, pretty well, man. It didn't that. seem like that. Well, it, like it, that. what was happening, what was going on supposedly was they had somebody who was like in another location in the stadium who was just pretty much telling them, like, oh, we're presenting you with the Chevy Silverado MVP or whatever. And mm-hmm. that was a thing that was shuffling, that was going wrong. Which, dude, first off. Someone reading him the lines? Yeah, first off, straight up. As somebody, uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to work at Disneyland. I worked on the Jungle Cruise. As somebody who's had to do that shit for hours upon hours on a day, you gotta rehearse, dude. You gotta memorize that stuff because when shit hits the fan and you're not ready for it, you're gonna look like an idiot. And guess what happened? Any accountability that he actually ever had to this point as a commissioner was lost because he just looked so unprofessional he looked so unprepared obviously the tjt stuff was going on he had millions of people booing him i was kind of expecting him just to like shit his pants up there for a hot minute because like that was or like throw up or something because like that was really the next i thought i saw tom ferducci's nose is like quiver a little bit (laughs) yeah just like you know A little right little there? look on his face like he smells some piss. Smells like hey, Tom and, and and Tom Verducci's always smooth and swab, so you know you know if he if he's getting a little frazzled then something must be really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And the best part is now you're seeing all these Dodgers uh posts on their Instagram with their with the trophy and all the all it says the same thing. It's like, oh, just a little piece of metal. Yeah. Yeah. He's that's getting toasted. He it's should, great. man. Now like- I brought this up. I can't remember if it was a few guys in this chat. There's something Chris and I talked about. I think that he's got like this should be a definite sign of him go- need to go. He needs to. Go. I did see that. It was in the chat. But but Chris is right. I remember he texted like the own. He does what the owners want him to do. I, there's no. Why way. would you fire the guy who does everything you ask? Like that's just like that makes no sense at all. He's get he's taking the heat, so the owners don't have to. So why would the owners be like, yeah, dude, you're fucking gone. Let's get someone who puts the heat back on us. Like I, I everything. No offense, Julio, but everything about that statement when I read it, I looked at my, I look, I just looked at it. And I'm just like, is he? I, he's got to be joking, right? There's no way that this was a serious text that he just sent because this is the most asinine thing I've fucking read all day. See, I think what. The Coming logic in into there, it too is he, like I mean this I think is just how me and Julio talk. This this, yeah. this this is how me and Julio talk to each other. It's it's not. Yeah, it's no, not yeah. I don't appreciate <laughs> it. <But laughs> if, if this was the NBA, if this kind of scenario happened in the NBA, I guarantee because of how powerful the players are in that league. Yeah, like yeah. Adam Silver would have been out, and that's just unfortunately one hundred percent. And that's just unfortunately the reality of baseball right now. I think there will be a time as the sports kind of popularity is kind of getting it, I don't think it'll ever be as big as it was in the 90s uh, but it's getting to a pretty solid level even especially when you see like dudes like Mookie and Tim Anderson and all these like really fun exciting awesome players uh, bring the juice back bring yeah, the like, steroids back it's gonna happen they juice the balls point. instead it works out but I yeah I think at the end of the day it's not gonna happen because that's that's what the owners want but like I swear to God, this labor negotiation that's going to be coming up within the next it's couple years. not going to be good. No, I don't know if we're going to have a season next season, man. Oh, I, dude, I, they're, I really they're, they're going to have a season. If they don't season. have a season, I, th- I would I think it shot. comes for 2022, though. 
Yeah, they I don't have what. They oh, is it? I thought it was 21. Oh, okay. No, it was 2022. Okay. That changes things. It's then we might ugly. see some more guys with some big contracts this offseason because a lot of these teams know that they're, they have like potentially a labor issue coming through. And actually, we might see a lot of one year deals because we know guys that will want to get like those big, like $20 million yeah. contracts this season, not Trevor knowing Barr. what the future is going to be. Trevor yeah, Barr. Like Trevor Barr. Barr. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Let's uh, let's actually talk about the the, the actual Please. games and the actual series as a whole. Um, so again, yeah, it was pretty a pretty exciting series. So game one was uh, Dodgers won eight to three. Game two, Rays won six to four. Another really close game. Game three, um, Dodgers won six to two, and then a one run game in game four, eight to seven. Uh, two run game, game five, Dodgers. Oh no, we gotta two. we gotta talk about game five. We will, we will, we will. We, and, then, okay, uh, we... and then the 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 uh, the winner to top it off was Dodgers win, three to one. Um, and we'll get into the, all four. the Blake Snell stuff. Um, uh, at the end of the recap, which is, it's gonna. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But uh, what was your guys' favorite game? Game four. Yeah. Game that was th- wild. That, that was crazy. I, I'm i not going to lie to the baseball fans. As as Yankee fans, it was really hard to watch the Rays play this and watch this World Series in general. But I, I was saying, I was like, eh, I'll go, I'm going to go to bed. But then I was like, there was like a small part of me that was like, no, I think you got to stay up and watch this game. And Kenley Jansen coming into the game at the end like that to – and we had mentioned, I believe, in the last podcast here that – Kenley Jansen could be he at the back end of the bullpen was kind of a shaky option, and he yeah, was really. Well, cu- Julio, wasn't it you who said that? Who like you would be that worried? Oh, that was that was Richie. That, that was, was me. you. Yeah, yeah. You're like I'd be worried, man. It, but yeah. it proved like they had a bunch of guys at back end bullpen guys that could definitely step up. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. So Ooh. I, that was insane. The turn of events of then the <laughs> absolute. No name guy coming in and hitting that bloop single. I think it was uh, what was his name? The um, gosh, do you guys remember his name for uh, Tampa Bay? Brett Phillips. The bloop single. I just looked it up. Brett Phillips. Phillips. Philip. Brett Phillips. So he had come from, I believe, Kansas City. Uh, and Renfro midway. was on, right? He was the one who scored, right? No. Yeah. Ross so, Ross oh, Randy. The first Randy run. scored. Or the tying run. So. And to all the to all the little kitties out there that were you know playing you know starting a little league and everything, it's it's absolute terrible baseball to be watching when Chris Taylor is looking at the runner the complete time and not seeing the ball into his glove, and then booting that and then rushing and then you know he throws to the cutoff guy and then Will Smith just rushes. I mean, Arozarena. It would he would have been really still out by a mile, but he I mean he tripped over himself. I don't know if it even would have been different if he didn't trip over himself. And then Will Smith just completely rushes, who was my MVP pick, but I, I try, I, he hit okay, but it wasn't great. But he just rushed himself and he just botched it. And Rosarena was like, "Holy crap, it's open!" And then he was just he scrambling. Just gets up that and was just the scrambles great. to try I, and get there. We were talking about. Our best World Series yeah, I, moments in recent history. I, that will go down as one of my favorite moments of watching baseball for sure. That Absolutely. was a crazy game. It's really funny. I want to get your guys' take on this. So I was watching. 
I, I worked all day and Robbie called me. Did you see what happened? I was like, damn it. No, I just pulled into my freaking apartment and then I watched it. I was like, holy shit, that was amazing. So I tuned into MLB Network and everybody, you know, yeah, rightfully criticizing Cash for his decision. And they go to Sean Casey at the MLB Network studio and they're talking about Muncie's throw to Will Smith. Mm hmm. I mean, I could kind of buy it, but at the same time, I was like, are you making excuses? He was saying that Muncie threw, they did a freeze frame, and they were saying Muncie threw the ball with a change-up grip to Will Smith, and not with when, not like a four-seam fastball. As someone who was a utility player in a, a competitive base, high school baseball team, like when you're throwing in relay, like you're trying to get that ball as fast <clears throat> out of your glove as possible. You're not yeah. thinking about the grip. So, so Muncie like, probably could have just, yeah, you're just like, I got to get the ball out of my glove. And it yeah. just so happened. So whoever like, said that, like, like, come the, on. Yeah. Sean yeah, Casey. I, I was going to say, like, even, as somebody who's played competitive softball leagues. Beer league uh, softball, baby. Hey, what do? Uh, but, you're, yeah, your instant logic is like, I need to throw this ball in. Like, oh, no, mm. I threw a sinker. No, you're not really thinking that. You're like, I need yeah. to get this shit as fast as we can. And the worst part is the relay. So you're kind of like moving your body as you're throwing. You're catching it and you're yeah. turning it like 180 degrees. Is Muncie the, the normal cutoff guy? Like when a guy yeah, is first throwing baseman home, for, Muncie, for, first baseman's yeah. a cutoff guy. Yes. For a play, for a play right. home play, on the, play on the, the right plate. side, it's a first baseman. On the left side, it's a third baseman because someone has to cover second. That's why. Now that so being said, the he's the not the best like defensive option at first for them. Cody Bellinger yeah. does play first from time to time. He's obviously like way more athletic. Uh, but because of that, look, they got to keep him in the outfield. Now, in the future, we'll see if that makes becomes a priority. If the DH becomes a full time thing in the NL, I don't think it's going to next year at least. But there is just so much happening so fast in that moment, and just to kind of see everything fall apart like that was the disheartening, man. The, uh, <laughs> it was sad. The, it was, the problem with yeah. the Dodgers and, I and the you Dodgers can't really you can't really move. Yeah, yeah. You can't really move Muncie to DH because you still have Pollock locked up for three more years. So you got to do something with him because you're paying him so much money. So like, I don't you know if that necessarily works. You could package him in a deal like down the road. Like if someone maybe if someone wanted like I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's harder to do. Mookie, I think it's harder to do that, Richie, in the MLB than it is in the NBA because in the NBA salary is like gold. Like salary cap room is gold. Where in MLB there's no salary cap, so like you don't. Yeah. It's not as necessary. You know. Um, but I will say the one thing that I noticed the second the play happened, and I texted my uncle, who's a Little League baseball coach, and I was like, why is Will Smith's mask on? That was the, that was the biggest red flag for me. Why is his mask on? So you're going to, you're going to alter your vision already in, immediately, um, with just play that alone. Plate, so though. I know that he turned his head and he's trying to catch the ball, but why Why are you putting – I mean, like, are you expecting a collision? Because there's no collisions at home plate in today's game. Like, I, at least when I played, like, you, when as soon as the ball's cracked, your mask is off. Like, at least just off so you can see what's going on. Not saying, like, fling it off, but it, you are taking it off. I don't I, – it was weird to me that he still had his on. Yeah, especially Probably, a play like that where it's, yeah. there's going to be a lot – like, if you're – if it's a grounder to short, you're not going to rip your mask off in that instant. Yeah. It's like, but yeah. like in that situation where there's so much going on, you as a field general, you kind of need to be able to, to see. 
Yeah. Robbie, as a former catcher, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do in that uh, situation? I, I mean, if he was probably just thinking that it was a collision, going to be, like Chris said, that it was going to be like a collision at the plate. But, yeah, I mean, normally you would be taking off your mask. I, I would want to see the whole – I mean, he's got classic catcher's masks on. So, I mean, I could understand if it was the hockey style that you mm. would want to rip it off immediately. But he had classic catcher's mask on. Yeah, helmet on. and mask, yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't – I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good – it's like – an easy kind of thing to say immediately you're saying why wouldn't he have the mask on but i don't know if it was really too big of an issue because i mean he is major league baseball player so i wouldn't really think it's too big of an issue yeah he's probably used to it but it it just it was a red flag that that i think no one was talking about yeah but i i even what richmond was saying about the gripping of the ball and you were completely right as well that you're not thinking oh I, I'm baseball players are very good. Sean when it comes Casey to that. said that, not me. I'm Sean saying the, Casey. I'm saying I'm good. saying the point Clarifying, that you. Dude. The brothers I'm arguing. Saying the point, I'm saying the point that was brought up. Um, yeah. That when he usually when you're fielding the ball at shortstop and you, I mean that's kind of a transition of throw when you change the grip that it's expected, or even when you're doing a transfer behind the plate, you want to have a four seam grip. But, I mean, in that situation where he is rushing to get the ball home because it's a do-or-die play that you need to save the game. He would have so. been out by a mile, and, and, too. And, like, everything about your, your throw is just not normal, too. Like, like I'm thinking about the way I throw those balls, and, like, I throw quick release on, on, on relay plays like that. I'm not throwing my full wind-up because I'm just trying to get the ball as quick to home plate as possibly can. So yeah. it's like, you know, like, I, I mean, mm. I, for the – for those listening, I, I just did a very unique move on the video, on our YouTube video. Um, For the uh, record, yeah, anybody else want to throw out an interesting game? Sean Casey never won a gold glove, so I don't know if he knows the best about yeah, I mean, fielding. I, I, you know, I, I take that with a grain of salt for sure. Robbie, um, would you have caught that ball? <laughs> would you have caught that? I'm not a major league baseball player by any stretch. I would not compare myself. Well, you're a former like to... catcher, man. Yeah, yeah. You're a former yeah. catcher. Yeah. I mean, we'll we're going to talk about game six in a moment, right? Just the complete Why don't we shift. just talk about it now? Because I, do I do want to get into this this whole conversation about analytics and what they're, you know, what, where where the threshold is of how how strongly you strict you stick to him um well we know how the white Sox feel after today uh, hiring did... tony la Russa, a guy who's just like uh analytics no thank you yeah well and the funny thing about it is they fired their last manager because he was like analytics no thank you so it's just like it's completely bonkers anyway um so uh, Blake Snell was pitching probably like the greatest game in like the history of the World Series. It was insane. He had he faced twelve batters and struck out nine. He completely just embarrassed, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, Mookie Betts and and Justin Turner or uh, uh, who was their other the other hot um, Dodger hitter. Anyway, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, and oh, struck Corey both Seager? of them out. Corey Seager and struck them both out twice. Um, he gives up a single, and Kevin Cash, the Tampa Bay Rays manager, chooses to take him out of the game and bring in um, who was their best relief pitcher um, all during the regular season, but during the playoffs had an ERA of six. Um, I'm totally blank on his name right now. Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson, duh. Um, and what does he do? He gives up. 
um, two runs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, CC Sabathia made a very interesting point on Bill Simmons' podcast this week. Um, if you're a pitcher, I would rather you just not even march me out for the fifth inning if you know that you're going to take me out and have me on this really short leash. Like, if you know after five I'm done, don't even bring me out there in the sixth. If the first sign of trouble, you're taking me out. Like, that's just everything about that strategy didn't make sense to him and, like, the way he, like, kind of, like, said it. And, like, you're you're also kind of, like, losing confidence uh, with your pitcher, too, if you're kind of, like, you're you're giving him that message. Um, everything about the way that man- that situation is managed, I just I don't agree with. I I'm an analytics guy, but like, I think it's been proven the past six years that. But are you gonna run? Are you gonna use analytics to run your team? That's exactly. So so that I think analytics can win you the regular season, but when you when it comes to the playoffs, you have to be a manager and you have to go off experience, off of your knowledge of the ba- of the game. Well, you still need and it for combine, the regular season. And, and combine analytics with you know your knowledge of, of how baseball is played, and you got to play every situation, uh, play it situation by situation. If you need to go to small ball, go to small ball. If you need to hit home runs, hit home runs. But you know, like you can't be you can't be a, a you just you can't be a slave to it, man. I, that's my opinion. I don't know. I mean, you seem like you have a strong opinion, Richie. On on I just on it. I think because I feel like it's all we hear about in sports today, just. You know, especially with baseball where people, oh, the shift and all, like it works, yes. And I'm not going to say it because it does work, but the way people talk about it, it's like sometimes you just got to go off your gut. You got to go off what you see and like just the decision and cash it, you know, look, Yankee fans, the way they feel about Aaron Boone. And I mean, that's the only example I can think of that comes to Mm -hmm. mind, but there have just been so many so many mistakes that managers have made because they strictly go off the numbers. And that's I mean, not, Dave Roberts well, yeah, was one of these guys Dave, for a long time. Out, Dave Roberts, Dave Roberts, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I had to look it up because I remember I was like, he did this to him before. I was trembling. I'm like, oh, that's right. He pulled him early in game two as well. He yeah. was pretty infamous. because I Remember when he, he was pissed? There was a shot of them in the dugout and he was yeah. just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, he, he was getting off the mound. He's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, and it's, like, it's I, embarrassing, I someone, man. I was watching um I can't believe I'm saying this, but Max Kellerman on sport on first take, he uh, brought up a really good point. He said, like, you you wanna see these or was it I forgot who it was, but the It was Max Kellerman. It was Kellerman. He said yeah. you want to see these guys thrive in these big in these big spots. And this was Blake Blake Snell's chance to just dominate which he was the whole game what did he have he had nine strikeouts or something like that in, uh, in how many 12, in 12 bat in 12 at bats yeah in 12, like in 12 hitters it's just you want to see him the guy was i thought because i had flipped the channel when it happened and i thought he let two runners on base but i saw it was just the one runner mm-hmm. on first base it's like dude trust your play he's your over overall he's your best freaking pitcher yeah, I, it it just didn't. Some would say it was Tyler Glasnow, but Glasnow at some yeah. point gave up 19 earned runs through 26 innings, so he was completely overrated. But yeah. uh, to your analytics point, uh, something along the lines too. I think Max Kellerman may have uh, mentioned it, but he he had said that kind kind of along the line. But he's very analytic driven, and we I don't even need to, Max Kellerman's 
takes are trash, but it's okay. Oh, I'm a Max uh, Kellerman may, fan. This is awkward. Uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, he he did make a good point where he said that uh, analytics through baseball are meant to allow you or are meant to educate you to make better decisions. Yeah. So that's basically where I, I'm at too, because you need to take analytics into account, and they help you perform better. And I think that there are points throughout a season that you could use analytics to help you win games, but then there's also crunch time moments where it's gut check time, baby, and you gotta you gotta know how to manage. And, and that's you want you, that's the thing that drives me crazy about analytics. You want your best player on the field. The nut like. Being in 2000, you could argue Nick Anderson was a better player than you could argue that, but also he, Nick Anderson was probably the best relief pitcher in baseball this year. So honestly, I just think it was. But he had a six. No, Liam Hendricks was. But he had a six. He had a six. I said arguably. I said arguably. He had a six ERA in the playoffs, guys. Can I? Can I just ask you guys? He had given up a run in every single game in the World Series, and that was the guy you went to. Like, the, mm-hmm. look, if, now, if he would have put anybody else in that situation besides who was arguably his worst pitcher so far in the World Series, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion right now. We'd probably yeah, be talking yeah. about a game seven. But it's like he picked the wrong hand. That's what it kind of mm-hmm. comes down to the end. It was like you, he – I which, mean, I don't necess- I don't blame him for putting in your best relief pitcher. It's just that the guy on the mound was freaking dominating. And it, he he let one runner get on base. Like, up to that point, was there a runner on second base? I, I feel like there wasn't because Snell was so good. But, Chris and Julio, you guys being Oakland A's fans, I think analytics, like, Billy Bean was the master at, like, with numbers and bringing in the right guys at the right time. But, it, and this is where you need you need your best players up in those big moments. Like, in 2002... Were the A's a wild card team, or did no, they win they, the division that they year? won their division? Wild card, wild no, card. They oh, won, no, they won. No, the they, I'm sorry. They right, won. Right, no, yeah, 2000, 2001. They were wild card because that was the famous like 116 it, win Mariners. Exactly. Team but what I'm saying is, like, that was the year you guys lost Giambi, you lost Johnny Damon, and you lost all the yeah Moneyball season. Your best bats. You're in a playoff series. I'm saying hypothetically. You have who was Chris Pratt in that movie? Scott Hatterberg. Yeah. You nope. have Scott Hatterberg, who has a great on base percentage. But let's say who you got in the playoffs that who you're playing in the playoffs that year. That was Minnesota. Minnesota. The twi- or let's say you're playing the Yankees and you're going up against Mariano Rivera. Do you want Scott Hatterberg, who had a who has a batting average of through you know two for five against Mariano with a bunch of walks, or do you want your best player up? That's where analytics drives me nuts. I want my best player up in that situation. Oh, I don't know if that what, what, that that on. that is not really the best example because a lot there's no like real best player I would say on that on that A's team. But I understand what you're well, saying. Well, no, hold, 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 hold on. I understand what you're saying. I understand. Hold on, hold on, Robert. We will hold on. Hold on. Show right now, straight up. Hold on, hold on. Miguel Tejada was the MVP that season. Yeah. So get out of here with that noise. Yeah. But I will say, I get your point and, and let me, let me counter, let me counteract that real quick. Let me get a, a situation that's a little bit more understandable. Let's say you have Scott Hatterberg coming up to bat 
and he let's say you have Eric Burns coming up to bat against Mariano Rivera. He's 0 for 0 for 12 lifetime against Mariano Rivera, and he has four strikeouts. But then you have yep. Scott Hatterberg on the on the bench, who you can pinch hit for him, um, who is let's say four for 16 um, with with like two doubles and no strikeouts against Mariano Rivera. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna pinch hit Eric Burns for for uh, for Scott Hatterberg, and even if it's Miguel Tejada, Miguel Tejada's 0 for over uh, twenty against see, Mariano Rivera, but then analytics. but then the guy on the but hold on, but then the guy on the bench has a, uh, just some something about him. He understands uh, Mariano Rivera better when it comes to at bats, and he has more su- success. Yeah, I'm gonna play the matchup there personally. I don't want. I'm not just gonna be like the like hurrah yeah, hurrah guy depend. and be like, I need my best player. Yeah, I need him I mean, to like depends. step up in this moment. No, I need I need what I need to look at the situation and but decide big, what will give know, me the man. best road for success but that's, that's where, where see but that's where crazy. at the end of the day that's what dave roberts learned these last couple of years he yeah. learned how unreliable the kenley jensen has slowly turned into kenley and jensen how dominant a, urias was yeah do, uh, kenley jensen had a 10-8 era this year as soon as he yeah. blew that game four he's like i don't think kenley pitched another game after that it could uh, he definitely look. didn't go in the deep innings because they yeah, went to Trinan. They went to Trinan in Game Five, and then they they kept Urias throughout Game Six. I think Urias went like what four innings or so, something like that. And that so just what shows you it, like what does that have to do with the analytics, though? I because like to the naked eye, it's if like you're gonna obviously your, he's not pitching well. well I'm not going to pitch well, him if he's not pitching well. You know? Then why'd you put it? But Nick the analytics, he's your best. But the analytics show the analytics show the analytics show that that the like you know like the third time through the lineup this pitcher is better the, the fourth time through the lineup Trinan's a better pitcher and then the the fifth th- time through the lineup you got to go with Kenley Jansen cuz he dominates that 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 uh that round like and but Dave Jansen, Roberts in the past Jansen, hold on Dave Roberts okay. in the past would have just would have seen seen the numbers looked at who's coming up to bat and been like okay regardless if Jansen's been playing well or not he's got to go in the ninth because the analytics say that he overwhelmingly is the better matchup the fifth time through the lineup, so we got to go with him. But this year, Dave Roberts realized he learned from his two World Series losses um, or whatever it is that, like, hey, like, this isn't working for me in the playoffs, so I need to, like, feel things out. And even more, to even harp on this, because, look, at the end of the day, he, we, again, we wouldn't be talking about it if he didn't bring in somebody else besides Nick Anderson. Yeah. Nick Anderson has been doing pretty shitty in the World Series. And who's the first guy he has to face? It's Mookie. Mookie mm-hmm. demolishes right-handed pitching. He hit, like, mm-hmm. I saw a stat the other day. He hit, like, high 300s off the 300, or right-handed pitching. And what does Mookie immediately do? He hits a double. So, like, that's, look, I get the logic on why you pick that decision. Because, look, it's 1,000% correct. What's, like, for most pitchers, unless you are a... Madison Bumgarner in the World Series or Kershaw or Scherzer, third time around, you're not going to be as lucky anymore. I get that and, decision. And the Dodgers but like, are an analytical team. Like we're absolutely. forgetting, like the media's forgetting that they keep on like making. I think they because they just want to have like interesting talking head sports talk where they're like, it's, this it's proves that analytics media. doesn't work. No, this proved that analytics does work. But you have to take it like a little step further as a manager and 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 play the situations a little bit. It, the the thing. I just can't get on board with analytics. Like, and we've talked about this. Analytics cannot yeah. win you championships solely. Yeah. And I, you know, yes, Nick Anderson was 
He was not great in the postseason, but I understand why Cash brought him in because that year, during the regular season, he was their best pitcher. He was their best relief pitcher. Now, going back to the point that I was trying to make before, you make the Eric Burr... Again, it's the managerial feel. But if it's up to me, I want my best players in the freaking box going up against the best of the best. Like, I want... If I'm an A's fan, I want Giambi. I want Johnny Damon. I'm just using those as a, or Miguel Tejada when he won MVP. Did he win MVP that year in 2002? Yeah, 2002. Yeah, he did. I looked it up. I completely forgot. Yeah, how I, can you humble, forget about hum, the star humble. of Triple Play Baseball? He was on the it's, cover. It's Come the on, Oakland Christian. A's, everybody. I'm Sorry, not. Dude. I mean, everybody forgets. It's fine. All I'm saying is. You need your best you you need your best players. That's all I'm saying. And you know uh, I that's where I that's where I draw the that's where I just get where I go crazy with analytics over you know that's I don't know. It's just it's just about finding a balance between them. Exactly. That's honestly that's what all, it is. That's I agree. All it is. I agree. And 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 I've kind of just started to come to the realization that it's not it's where it's going and yeah. it, I may hate it. And I could just bust the blood vessel over it, you know, just yelling about how annoying it is. And it's uh, honestly at this point, it's with, with, you know, both of our teams, our favorite teams. It's about them finding a balance. And I mean, the Yankees fucked up with it. And so did the Rays, apparently, even though they seem like the masters of analytics, it seemed like. But I mean, um it, it's it's just going to be very interesting to see the I mean like the Larusa hire today that just shows you what 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 is the White Sox thinking yeah. are they trying to capture magic with with what they had thirty years ago the or dude's homies get... with Jerry Reinsdorf that's why he got the job that's literally uh, all yeah. it is yeah. so I, I, I mean got a little bored on the fishing boat now just I I just want to say I don't think analytics is BS I I don't. Yeah. Think I get that. what you're That's saying. That's all I'm saying. That's I just want to clarify that immediately. That's <laughs> it. Bad thing, full. The good thing is now we have all off season to keep arguing about this yeah. and to keep hearing Coming all these different for you takes. guys. Coming for you. Um, all right, so let, let's transition to some real greatness and let's talk about Kershaw's legacy a little bit. Um, you know, you pull up his baseball <laughs> reference and you're still going to look at the postseason numbers and it's still going to be like. Oh, man, that's tough. But at the end of the day, the guy, I mean, his regular season records are, you know, I mean, he's won an MVP. Not many pitchers do that. Um, And, uh, you know, if you go to Wikipedia and you look at it and you look at his accolades and it says World Series on there, like, it says a lot, man. Wikipedia. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to miss that. You know what I mean? Like, this guy... I think this really pushed him, in my opinion, for my list, in the top ten, and he's dancing around top five of all time. I mean, and you, he still he still has a long way to go. I mean, I, I think it's too late for him to put, bring that ERA down um, and those runs against in the in the postseason down. But um, if he can, you know, tack on a couple more appearances and 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 really make some memorable starts um, for the rest of his career in the playoffs, like. He, uh, He's in there for me. I don't know. Would you say the monkey is now officially off his back after this Absolutely. postseason? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to say that. I the thing about Kershaw this postseason, he not not he didn't only get the wins. Like I thought his <coughs> starts were better than quality. Like they were for I thought they were great starts for a World Series. Like he got the job done. I think game one was it five and two thirds or was that or was that game five for Kershaw? Game one or game five, where he pitched like five and two thirds. He went for Kershaw in the playoffs. He did what he needed to do, and you know you can't fault the guy for that. And I think he's 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 game five, yeah, the, five and two thirds. Yeah, he kept the haters quiet, and you know he got big outs in big situations. Like you're never gonna let that stuff go where he's blown so many playoff games, but this postseason, Monkey's off his back. He did what he needed to do, bottom line. And it was great seeing him with his kids and, like, seeing him run out of the dugout. I, how can you How can you not love a guy like that? Like, In he, his hometown, too. Like, yes. In his hometown. That, that is true. I forgot about that. So, I, I when you said that, I'm like, Get the fuck out of here initially. I was like, there's like already a top 10. And I was like, okay. And then I started kind of looking into some names, like when you mentioned the other night. So I was like, all right, I think he's easily now the best of his generation this last decade. If you look at him against Verlander, uh, they're pretty even. Both got an MVP. They both got a, a handful of Cy Youngs, but you're, you're going to have to give it to Kershaw at this point because he's got more than all star appearances. For me, Robbie. it's Kershaw or Scherzer. It's between I, those that's two. my boy. I I think Scherzer is just he's an animal, dude. There's just something about that guy where he's just a killer dog. I love it. So I would yeah, but I think uh, with that, Scherzer did just get his uh, his World Series last year, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But I know that he didn't pitch great in the World Series. He's not Scherzer. Yeah, I thought he did. No, he no. Strasburg they, they pitched, did. It, Strasburg that, pitched. I really I well. just I would not be. I like like I know Rich. You mentioned his demeanor, and that's what I love, and that's what I loved about like watching Madison Bumgarner pitch. But Clayton Kershaw, his resume. As a whole, and I know you can go back and look at all of his ERA numbers in each series, and they're pretty ballooned up. But I, I don't know if I if I said as a whole whose career would I would take, I would probably say Clayton Kershaw's. But if I had to say who do I want pitching in my big time game, I'd probably go for Mad Max. That's what I'm thinking. You want to know? It's kind of, of career wise, it's kind of bananas. Scherzer and Kershaw. They both they both came in the league in 2008, and the stats through 2020 they have an identical record of 175 and 93, same exact record. Which is, I wins and losses are kind of misleading in baseball, but still, like I was very surprised when I saw that. I think Scherzer's postseason ERA is 3.38, and last year he had an ERA in the World Series. He pitched. Two games and he had a three point three or three point six. It's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. In the NLCS, he had a zero. <laughs> I'm just a remembering him from Detroit and when Boston upset. Who'd they them. play in the championship series? I know they beat the uh, Dodgers Louis. in the first round. St. Louis. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis. That's right. So I, if I right. bigger picture, I'm thinking of like lifetime. Because okay, yeah. 
I think yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. best of our of this last ten years. Uh, who can we put him against in the two thousands? That probably be on the same level. Pedro, Pedro Martinez, Pedro, greatest pitcher I've ever seen in my life. Pedro's up there. Um, Randy Johnson, Randy Johnson, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling. Now I would He's better. He's eclipsed Schilling easily. Just all those acts. So you just have yeah. to look at the accolades. Really, the only people who can measure up to him right now, or he can measure up to now. At least in my lifetime, I'm I'm 31. Are Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox? You could say Clemens, but of course you're saying in our lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime, that's that's it. Because it's like okay, Clemens, well, juicing. You don't think Glavin whole, or, or Smoltz are in that conversation? He's he surpassed like here. Let yeah. me look up Tom Glavin stuff. No, quick. I believe but, you. I'm just I'm just I'm I'm you know just Tom Glavin, ten time All Star, two time Cy Young, World Series MVP. Um, I would put Pedro in there. I don't think he surpassed Pedro yet. Well, here, Pedro, well, I think what makes Pedro so awesome, too, was his peak was also at the peak of steroids. So he, this dude who's 5'11 mm-hmm. was out striking out guys who were hitting 60 home runs a year. Pedro, yeah. three-time All-Star, or three-time Cy Young, uh, eight-time All-Star, five-time year. How about champion. Roy Halladay? Ah, uh, Doc. That's Doc. a good one. Two-time Cy Young, eight-time All-Star. So, but I don't know, man. I think Kershaw. I would put Kershaw above Holiday. Yeah, Kershaw. Oh man, <laughs> dude. Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw's good. I would. I would argue. At, go ahead. And Kershaw stats now is is kind of when you look at his bust. MVP, three-time Cy Young, triple crown, eight-time All-Star, World Series champion, Gold Glove. Five-time ERA champion, and he is 32. So, like, Dude, he's and top I think, five for me. And the thing is, too, no I think doubt. What's really he's kind of doing what Verlander kind of learned from these past few years in Houston is he's kind of changed his game. Back in his like MVP years of like the mid 2000s, he was so dependable on his fastball, where that thing was getting up to the high 90s, and he was so devastating with this 12, six year throw where now it's like, he's not throwing there as much anymore, but he's learning how to use like the right placement for all this pit for yeah. his fastballs and when to throw the right stuff. So well, that like, was, I remember that was a big story on, um, Passon was talking about it on first take where Kershaw had to make that adjustment being an older pitcher where, it, you know, he needed to make the adjustments of spotting his pitches as opposed to just trying to blow by guys. Mm-hmm. He's not the same pitcher. Yeah, every every like pitcher who kind of gets into his like early thirties kind of has to start making those adjustments. You know what I mean? Because you're gonna lose some off your ball no matter what. Yep. It's just it's just what's gonna happen. Like I think the only person who like didn't really do that is Randy Johnson, but that's because he's a fucking freak who had like a wingspan of like seven five or something like that. He kills like, he birds so much, though, dude. He had so much. It's true. He had so much torque off the ball. Remember when they said Chris Sale was the new Randy Johnson? Yeah. Like throwing a Red Sox dig because they were like long legs. <laughs> hey, he hey. did for a, and they just paid for him a period so of time. much money too. Oh so I'm God, curious. I, I, let me just end this real quick and then we'll move on to our very last thing. Um, I'm curious what everybody's um, all time one and two are as pitchers. Then I know mine. I I, I personally hey, know mine, but I'd like to hear Pedro and Randy. Pedro and Randy. Absolutely. Like just watching Pedro, he dominated like yeah. randy johnson was great but i think pedro just took things to another level and like mm-hmm. how he didn't he didn't do gr- he wasn't <coughs> he 
he had his moments against the Yankees where they hit him because we would watch him play all the time. But dude, he when he was on, he was unhittable. Yeah, unhittable. Robbie, what about you? Uh, I would one of them. I watched through my own time, even though it was more on the like kind of older side with Pedro. Pedro, I think, is a top three pitcher of all time. And then just out of pure respect for the game and playing homage, I would probably say Nolan Ryan okay. is another one because that dude started off as what? I think a relief pitcher for the Mets. No, so, for the Astros, right? Well, he played for the he Astros. He was on the, but he, he, the 69 Mets. Yeah, oh, okay. he was drafted by the Mets, and he was a relief pitcher. Won there, and then he went to uh, Houston, right? Houston. Uh, he eventually went to the Angels and Texas, Rangers, yeah. and he he pitched for like thirty years. It mm-hmm. seemed like, and was a the arm just was the rubber and, arm, yeah. the rubber arm, and he just he just um, yeah. I remember seeing him throw out the first pitch, and he was probably still humming it at seventy miles an hour. Like that's insane to me. So I would probably put in Nolan Ryan, and I mean you can't go wrong with a lot of these guys anyway. So, uh, but that that's one that I I think that. Is a big time pitcher. Julio, I know Julio. Julio's is definitely Barry Zito and Tim Hudson. No, no shit. I was really thinking about Barry Zito for a hot minute. I'm like, Get out of here. Too uh, much of a homer there. No, but also I think I was, I was kind of looking at another accolade for Kershaw. He's 125 wins away from 300. And the big thing was like, we're never going to see that again in our lifetime. He's got to get 12 wins at least for the next 10 years to reach there. So we'll see. If Roberts is still the manager, he'll get it. 100%. Uh, 100%. I'm not going to go all time because, like, we what got a, dudes dude, like you copping out. Come on. Yeah, because, like, dude, what? I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to go Walter Johnson over 500 wins. I'm going to go Cy Sandy Young. Koufax. Sandy Koufax. That's Sandy funny because that, that's mine. But, so mine are no, Sandy no, no, one no, and, no, and no, Walter reality, Johnson, too. I'm a baseball historian. I, lo- I love I love just the game and the history of the game. So those were going to be mine. I'm, no, but, yeah, no, but no, reality, honestly, I'm just going to go from from my history. I'm going to go Kershaw and Maddox. Maddox, Maddox is was good insane too. for the fact that, again, going back to the Pedro Stephanus steroid era, this guy was not throwing hard at all. He was just so mechanical with every decision he was making with his pitches and where he has placed them. It's insane. And Kershaw's dude, that's in my prime of watching baseball. There's been nobody better than him at now we can make this. And yeah, he's got that monkey off his back. He pitched excellent in the world series. And like, I, we have to say not only as like baseball fans, but I'm sure a lot of Dodger fans are saying this too. It's like there could be anybody you're happier for right now, but also, Fuck Justin Verlander. Never <laughs> Justin Verlander. If you would have asked me dude. at the beginning of the season, I would have told you Scherzer just because of he's stepped up when he needs to. But now, I mean, I, I, I think I'd still go with Scherzer, but it's it's close. It's close for me. Um, all time-wise, though, I, I mean, Kershaw is definitely better than Scherzer. But, yeah, sorry, boy. I was not joking. I was going to go with the historical picks. But there's no wrong answer, guys. I mean, mine's Honorable Sandy mention for Walter Andrew Johnson Eugene too, but, Pettit. Mike that's, Mucina, that's my, my college. the Mike Moose, Mucina, David Wells. I love that guy. God, here, here come the Yankee Boomer. names. Boomer, Boomer. <laughs> um, yeah, there's what no wrong Carl answer Pavano? though. So I, what I was just Pavano curious. Carbonano had oh like God. one good season with the Yankees. Let's not even start. He didn't have any good seasons with the Yankees. <laughs> so guys, awful, I, I do want to finish it off because um, this has been going around a lot lately, and I, I, w- I was thinking about it, and I really agree, and I think it's, 
it's really good for the game. I think Mookie's going to become the new face of baseball, and I think that that is the best thing that baseball has seen, and he's the best thing that baseball has seen since the decline in 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 interest uh, of of the public. And mm-hmm. that's you know Mike Trout, he's hands down the best player in baseball. I don't think anyone can really question it. I'm sure people will. A lot of Dodger fans probably will. Um, but he's boring, and he his team is never good. And it's not a good face. And Mookie Betts, not only is he fun and charismatic and interesting and unique, he does all these weird things really into bowling, which is really cool. But he also, I think, is it's it's important that he is the face of what he looks like people. He's always smiling. How could you not like a guy who always smiles? Yeah, and he looks like the, the, the audience that baseball is losing, he looks like those people. So, like... Kids in the inner city, black kids in the inner city who aren't interested in baseball are going to look up to him and be like, I want to play baseball now. And they're going to attract that audience. And in 10 years, I think popularity can definitely go up if base Major League Baseball rallies around Mookie, puts he puts him in these big ads that you see like Joel Embiid, Hulu has live sports. Why can't Mookie say Hulu has live sports? Why can't Mookie be in these progressive commercials? Plays progressive those shows. are all, those but, are all reserved for Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it, and and he's just this interesting guy, and I think the smart move would be, and especially with the whole social justice movement that's happening, like you should rally around this yeah. guy and really promote him. And why not? He's so much fun to watch. The catches that he makes in the outfield, the big mm-hmm. throws, how he just he he can hit home runs, he can steal bases, like he's everything that you want. And and I yeah. I think he's gonna be the face of baseball, and I love it. I'm, but, I'm a big uh, fan. Yeah, one of my favorite things, I don't know what he's actually doing, but when he, like, gets a double and he does, like, the little ass smack thing or whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And, but also, dude, the best – first off, I think we can all, as a whole, let's just laugh at Boston for a minute. They're so stupid. He's so <laughs> stupid. Well, Holy apparently – apparently they offered him a deal similar to the Dodgers, but he said no. No, it was less years. It was less years. Oh, it was less years? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Dude, he's in L.A. now. They're – going to market and it, it's going to be kind of shitty because of just everything more or less still being shut down over here mm. i don't know if we're going to get the full potential of what we could have seen with his marketing him and how much he's yeah. willing to do but oh my that the world is his oyster right now as yeah especially with how long dodger fans have been dying out here how charismatic of a person he is he they could do no wronger now and there's they should really capitalizing dudes like him, dudes like Fernando Tatis, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Anderson. Because, yeah, Mike Trout's awesome. Mike Trout's hella boring. He's yeah. an Eagles fan from New Jersey. And I've never been in New Jersey, but uh, – it's, uh, it's nothing special. I heard exactly. it kind of sucks. <laughs> you can't take left turns. You can't take left turns there. Uh, and the and one last thing before I just – he like I just want to touch on a point that you made, Julio. He's perfect for the city of LA because the Dodgers pump so much money into the city's youth baseball program. Like they, that's been a big thing the past like five years. Is there they really want to grow um, uh, little league baseball here in 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 this the city and then in the county and to have a guy look like that now. I mean, like it, it's just it's really just gonna. It, I think it's really gonna uh, help that cause. If you here, look at, at least the, what the uh, last point real quick, I'll let you guys jump in. If you look at the history of the Dodgers in L.A. with minority players alone, 
within this last decade, Yasiel Puig, Hajim Ryu, uh, and of course, growing up in the 90s with uh, Hodeo Nomo, and then the 80s, Fernando Mania, for mm-hmm. Mexican, you know, a couple Mexican kids like us, we grew up hearing so much about him. And then even back in the 60s, you have uh, somebody with San- Sandy Kofax, who's Jewish, who took a playoff game off for to observe Yom Kippur. And of course, Jackie Robinson. Like, this is yeah. massive for this LA that's just a huge melting pot. And this is like the perfect guy to really make it go. Yeah, I, I think I think having Betts as the face of baseball because I'm he's trending in a position that just he's really good and completely agree. I think baseball that's not only are they lacking a voice with the charismatic attitude that Mookie had, like they wanted to do it with Trout because he's the best player. And personally, as a fan, I'm a big fan of Bryce Harper, even though a lot of people aren't. But he, I don't he the talent consistency with him the talent's there but it's not the consistency in the baseball team being good as well isn't there with Bryce but Bryce kind of has a charismatic (laughs) attitude but I think that's like if you could take out a a cardboard cutout of exactly what baseball needs as the face of baseball to market themselves right now uh, a guy that looks like kids that they want to they want to get into the game someone that's ridiculously good at baseball someone that's playing in LA with LeBron, you know, that kind of attitude. Like LeBron was posting Instagram stories the other day when they won of him going bananas and they were doing those, those skyline bleacher report pieces of them holding the world series trophy and the NBA finals trophy. So literally Mookie Betts is the perfect face of baseball and they really need to start And they, his crime partner, Cody Bellinger, Mm -hmm. If you could just do something with that too, and just LA, LA is going to be around, and their player development. Like, if I'm, I would hate to be in the National League. I, they still have I so many prospects who haven't even come up yet. It's insane. It's ridiculous, and and the, yeah, and it's a perfect microcosm of what the country is in LA, and just a melting pot of different cultures there, and it's just perfect. And like, if Rob Manfred is smart. And Major League Baseball is smart. They're going to take it, and they're going to say, all right, this is what we're going to run with instead of trying to have Mike Trout do ads at the beginning of the year. You could clearly see that he's painting through. Like, yeah. It's just difficult hey, for him to I'm do. Mike Trout. Which You're is nothing wrong MLB with that. Network. Nothing <laughs> wrong with like He said there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it sucks that he's your best player, clearly, and you can't get him to have – a personality, yeah. but I, you got to look somewhere else. And, you know, who knows? Mate? I think Betts – I mean, Trout is clearly the best player, I would say. But Betts I mean, is in the Betts conversation, is, yeah. Betts is getting really good, man. Mm-hmm. And he he's only been around for – I mean, since 2015 he came into the league, I believe, and he is already an MVP. He already has two World Series, too. Already has two World Series. So man. this is – and, you know, how people like to say, oh, this is the start of Mike Trout becoming Mickey Mantle. Like, damn. Let's let's calm down and see what this guy Mookie Betts can do right now because he can fucking play, man. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, actually, I touched on something I wanted to bring up earlier too. Well, one, two, Dave Roberts, only the second uh, black manager to win a World Series. Shout out to Dave Roberts. Is black? I thought he was Hispanic. Uh, no, he's black and Asian. Oh, cool. Yeah. So shout out to the first black manager, Cito Gasson. But uh, second. You brought up the point where you have all these young dudes. Uh, I'm really scared the fact that they finally got one and they know they how to do it. Off. No, that like 
this is like a start of a dynasty, man. Mm. They know what to do now. And that's yeah. or they could be the Braves. That's so true. well, they have their two. I, I mean, I th- I think Bellinger signed a, a decent contract, but they have their two stars, Mookie and, and Bellinger, that are locked up for a decent amount of time. So I think that that definitely helps. They're building blocks at least. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we have them talking know, about Richie the D- MVP and Corey Seager and how good he is too. Oh, that's fucking. <laughs> and Will Smith. Uh, God. By the way, so my hot take. Didn't come true, but it I, it it doesn't look half bad. Where I said he would hit five more home runs, he won the MVP, so his hot streak did continue. He just didn't hit five more home runs. <laughs> you fucked up, man. You done messed up. I know. I should have just said that he was going to be MVP. Um, Yankee fans are begging. Just real quick, I know I just had to ahead. fit this in real quick. Yankee fans are begging for Corey Seager, and I <laughs> I think he's really good. I I why I don't because we have too much depth and or what we want dj back but we still want glaber torres yet we want a lefty bat and yeah. uh cory seager i mean yankee fan sounds like a classic guys, yankee fan problem like but oh yeah here, we, I, we, we're the rich kids who just want it, it listen, all listen i understand your gripe with us because it is so annoying and i look at our our pe- people on yankees twitter and just the fans that are and then they'll argue with other fans like in your fan basis i'm like it just makes a bad rap for the rest of us yeah it, ma- it makes you guys look bad i'm, I'm not gonna lie it's so annoying <laughs> i can't um, speak for other yankee fans we just we just want an all-star to every position yeah we just want an all-star to every position <laughs> literally we, we need literally. an all-star oh my god all right I fellas uh it. i think we're gonna wrap it up does anyone have any last comments on uh on the world series and any subjects that we talked about though Hey, Randy Arozarena, real, real quick. I gotta say, Randy Arozarena, stud, He's broke the record for most home runs. He's gonna be a star, dude. I want to see what he does next year. Hey, baseball's not over, gentlemen. Korean, Korean baseball, baseball organization is heading into playoffs. Let's go! If you're awake on the West Coast at NC 3 a.m., you can watch. If you're awake at 6 a.m. on the East Coast, you maybe you're getting ready for work. You can you can you can put it on instead of uh Instead of a first take or some shit like that. Or get up or whatever the fuck it is the morning show is. All right, boys. I think that's going to end it for World Series recap. Me and Julio will be back with some more offseason stuff um, in the coming weeks. Again, we're probably going to go a little bit more biweekly with the pod. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we already have some subjects that we want to talk about, right, Julio? Some potential um, starting pitchers that we like that maybe we can trade for and whatnot. Um, thanks for coming on again, Schlatter Brothers. From the East Coast, we're gonna have to. I know it's a little late. We're gonna have to have you guys on. Uh, we're gonna have to have you guys on in the next coming week sometime on the yeah. Four Train Savages with me and Tyler, and we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk it up about our offseason moves because we want. We want to hear another perspective of another organiz- a good organization, and see oh. what see what's happening, dude. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I my favorite thing in the world is to talk about potential trades. So I would. L- I will definitely give you some feedback on on some trade ideas that you guys got or signings. I, I yeah. Love it. We'll have you on soon. We'll have you on soon. All right. Uh, so that's it. And like we always say, Julio, last but not least. Let's go Oakland into and... the 2021 World Series, baby. <laughs> Peace. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy. Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. 
Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.